Justin Garcia is here. He is our jam band correspondent, deadhead. Justin, I swear, the last two weeks, I saw Weir and Mayer, and I saw Denko earlier this summer, and I've wanted to talk to you about it on the show, and we just haven't had a chance. And then this week, there was a bunch of NBA news, and there's just Packers and Brewers. I can't. I can't have you on it. I want a Trojan horse you onto the show with the NBA to talk about music, but I can't. The Brewers and the Packers, so I just, we had to do a podcast instead. Yeah, um, I was actually quite jealous, too, of um, of your summer, with especially the show that you saw most recently. How do I ever top that? I was talking to you a don't. buddy, and I, and I, exactly, and I thought this the, the next day, where I'm like, I'm never going to see a show that cool again, probably, unless Bill Michaels gets me tickets, which he's been known to do, but still, he can't, I mean, that's, that's next level. I don't think I can ever top that again, and that sucks, but I guess you need to peak sometime. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was talking with um, another pretty big uh, jam band aficionado down here in Milwaukee who uh, produces one of the shows on our station. And uh, he was kind of mentioning uh, the the mayor show that he was playing out in Montana. And Bob Weir, like, did you see it was, you know, this happened over oh. the weekend? And man, those videos looked incredible. I was like, yeah, they did. I know someone that was there and the look on his face was like, I told him the secret to life. Like, don't let anybody hear, but uh, here, this is what you need to do. I blew him away. Fifth, fifth row. I was right there. It, it's very weird. Like you bump shoulders with professional athletes all the time and big time musical acts that come into your town and play in your venue. You're used to seeing celebrities up close. This is not something I'm used to. You know, I live over here in Lacrosse, and we, you know, sometimes Bronson Koenig, I see him driving down Cass Street at a, at a stoplight. I've seen him there. I've seen him up on the bluffs. Um, not used to seeing superstars. The set list, I have it in front of me. I just, I'm going to read read it off to you, and I just want your reaction, if you have any reaction. Friend of the Devil, great soft start. Bertha, Loser, Brown-Eyed Women, El Paso, I thought of you. Yeah. Cassidy, Birdsong, Uncle John's Band, Jack Straw, Deal, Terrapin Station, Eyes of the World, Not Fade Away. What's say Yeah. You? Uh, I saw the set list and uh, immediately thought, my God, like that's that's the show to see. It was incredible. Um, so I, I, let's start with this. This is something that I wanted to learn about you. I have a I have a concert journal. I have a book that I write about all the concerts I go to. Journals may be like a weird uh, a log, a diary. I, I've listened to Bill Simmons. He has a draft diary over the years where he writes notes about NBA drafts. So like this is my draft diary. This is my concert journal. And I've got this system where I go into every concert and I have three things that I try to like do. And I write these things down afterwards. Like number one, there's always a song when I'm going into a concert, I'm like, I hope I see this song and I like bookmark it. And then if I do, I write down like, did it live up? What was it like? You know, was it all you chalked it up to be? So that's point number one. Point number two, did I walk away from the show like seeing a song in a new light? Like, wow, never thought this about that song. Like what, what? what song like took me to a new place where it had never before. And then just my favorite song, like the, which what was your favorite, which everyone does. So those are my three points. I really wanted to see Bertha. I was dying to see Bertha and I saw Bertha. It was the second song and it was awesome. And I think when we talked about our ideal set list, I had Bertha on this. This was a couple months ago. I don't know if you're a Bertha guy, but it was everything it was chalked up to be. Everyone was dancing. They were selling PBRs. I had a huge 24 ounce can of PBR elite elite moment. Do you look up set lists uh, before you go to the show just to get a sense of mm. have they played this yet? And like most importantly, yes. I, well, you already know in advance, or at least you should, if this if 
if the group you're going to see is one of those bands that is uh gotta be careful here but doing the lazy thing of this is our set list for the tour yeah and maybe we'll change out two or three songs but this is it you're at least getting 14 yeah of these 17 or 18 songs I look ahead, but like Dead and Co and John, and I saw them both this summer, like they'll post the set list for every show and they both mix it up big time. So like I'll get a feel as it's going along. Like you kind of know what song might be in the mix. You're like, whoa, that song hasn't come out in a few years. So that's like in the deck, we might see that. Or when we saw Dead and Co, I looked the night before because you figure like if they do Shakedown on Friday night, they're not going to play it on Saturday, yeah. right? So I'm, I love looking at set lists for shows. I was looking at the Buffett set list from this weekend and I was just... Uh, that's uh, okay so that was the other do you do you look at set lists for shows you do not attend yes. to that are where yes. it's like ah, i could go to this and i don't i don't because i don't want to know if i chose not to go and i miss a good show the buffett set was incredible he, he had three encores and he started with scarlet begonias which which was one of the songs that i left wrigley this summer thinking i've known that song forever because i knew it through buffett when i was really little I now look at that song differently. I look at New Speedway Boogie differently. And you know what? Ramble on Rose is a bitchin' song. And I just, I it's always been there, and it's it's fine. But I that really went next level for me, seeing that this summer. That was a song that I saw it live, and it changed the way I feel about it completely. So um, I'm not, and it's probably the, the biggest thing, I don't know if I'd say I judge you on, but that we've fine. disagreed or differed on. I'm not a big uh, Buffett guy. I've never been a parrot head. I think everybody went through a Buffett phase, at least momentarily, when you were like getting your first car and in really? high school and you would listen to Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. Um, but I know quite a few people that just love him and go see him every summer. So maybe I'll give him like a little bit of a, a soft try here where I'll I'll dip my toe in the water. Let's take it. Let's take a detour. We'll come back to the dead. So I grew up listening to him. My dad was a huge, huge Buffett fan. My mom, I don't know if she always was or just kind of became one by extension. You know, the things you do for love. And I just, from a very young age, like you can go back and we had home movies on the video recorder of us, you know, singing obscure Buffett songs. And we grew up on a lake. So we'd go out on the boat and we'd listen to Buffett all the time. So I have really strong memories with Buffett. I also like, I had Bill Michaels on the show this week because he was at the show and we talked yeah. about it and Bill's not somebody who I was going to ask about the set list because he likes Buffett, but I think a lot of people go to Buffett because it's a party. To Maybe, hang out. Yeah. yeah, or like you'd go to see Fish, you know, kind of along those lines. I don't put Buffett in that category because I love his songs and could sing every word to all of them. So yeah. I disagree with the, the Fish portion, but I, I know what you're getting. Like there's a decent amount that are there for the vibes, yeah. if you will. And I mean, it's the same way with the dead, but I've always looked at it like, on the like evolution of man, it's been like Buffett, Dave, and then the Grateful Dead in hey. order of like how hardcore are you into it? Yeah, um, there's a big party vibe at Buffett shows for sure. This actually flows into something that I wanted to ask you because I saw in three consecutive nights and slept in the car for two of those nights, by the way. So I like this was a physical ch challenge. This was not this was vacation. It was amazing, but I, I had to apply myself as well. Um, sleeping in the car after two of these shows. So we went Bob and John and then Billy Strings for two nights at the, probably the coolest venue I ever go to. Like, you should go to this venue if you like traveling for concerts. And something I noticed, I think, more so at Billy, although we were at the on the lawn, which might change it, 
a lot of people like to talk through these shows, and I'm not trying to be the old man who expects silence, but I, I feel like there's a middle ground. I'm, I'm not opposed to you talking, but like I shouldn't be able to make out words. Let's not yell like it's a high school football game and you're running up to your friends and you're doing like, let's talk a little bit about concert etiquette. And it's probably yeah. depending on what act you see, but something I was definitely thinking about for this. Yeah, week's that's stretch. interesting for Billy Strings because um, I try to see Willie Nelson whenever he's in the area. And really? um, I've seen him a couple of times now. I think, well, twice, I think I've seen him where he's playing with Bob Dylan, where they're both on the same bill. And uh, every time I see Willie Nelson and the last few times I've seen Dylan, which it's been, I think the last time I saw Dylan was with Willie Nelson. And I think it was 2019, but um, with those guys, especially it's reached a point where I hear the chatter and you hear people talking and especially with Bob, it's complaints of like, play this song or like yeah. people just talking to each other and complaining like, Oh, why is he singing like this? Or why is he playing it this version? Uh, but with Willie Nelson too, there was a lot of like actual conversations going on behind you where yeah. you're like, am I crazy? Like yes. you can't do this an hour from now. Yeah. I like, and again, so the John show is a little bit different. It was tiny, um, but we were on the lawn for Billy strings and I get you, you're on the lawn, maybe a bit more casual, but like also, just, if you want to go to a bar and hang out with a group of friends, you can just do that. Um, so I was trying to not be the prude. We had an experience with one of my buddies, uh, uh, buddies, so a, a friend of a friend, um, when we were at Pine Creek, which is right outside Livingston where Bob and John played. And I guess this guy's girlfriend was a little talkative throughout the show. And after the show, this is the interaction. And I witnessed this. I, I couldn't believe it. A guy comes up to her and was like, wow, what a show what are your guys' names? You know, just kind of introducing himself. And the girl's like, yeah, hey, my name's Lisa, blah, blah, nice to meet you. And this guy goes right into this girl's face. He goes, oh, I just wanted to know the name and meet the person who talked through an entire Bob Weir and John Mayer show. And I'm like, okay, that's a little toxic. Like, and I love a good sarcastic, like, poke, like, good setup, buddy, but that was a little mean. So, like, I, I don't know. But also, I don't want to, I don't want to hear you talk through the whole thing. If you're, like, talking in your friend's ear, briefly that's fine but i don't want to hear whole conversations and i just i wanted to run that by you because if i'm being a boomer like you can tell me but i don't think i am uh i so i used to live in madison when i was done after i graduated school i moved there and uh, lived there for three years and i would go uh it seemed like all the bands i was into at the time would play at i think the majestic that's yeah the majestic right by um right up off the square, really, really tiny. And I remember going to one to, to see Will Hogue, if you know who that is. And- uh, Relative of a, Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel, I'm assuming. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good show. And I remember the next day or so, like, man, or not day, but I remember shortly afterwards, like, I wanna see if I can find any of that on YouTube. And going to search for it, and I found a few songs from it. And one was the song I was looking for specifically, where it was like, man, this was a really good version. And the person recording it on their phone was next to, in front of, or behind these two people that were just having a full-on conversation. So that was like all you heard, uh... and he was playing in the background, where it was like everything this couple was saying you could hear crystal clear. And then there was just a guitar strumming in the background. Uh, 
that sucks. That's brutal. I watched, um, last thing on crowd etiquette, I watched John's show. It was a run of three shows. So he did Bob and John and then Dave Chappelle, which wasn't recorded. And I, I'm sure that was a cool show. And then the last show was just John. And he played Born and Raised, start to finish with Aaron Sterling, who's just this unbelievable drummer who everyone loves and he plays on everything. But he played on Born and Raised when it was recorded in 2013 or whenever it was. And watching the stream, it might have been different from being there, but watching the stream, I was kind of like, seems like there's a lot of talking. And maybe when you're there and you're in the moment and experiencing it, it's different. But like, I, in a show like that, I'm like, everyone needs to be effing silent because he's talking about this album that I know John fans especially love so much. And he's giving away these intimate details. And I'm just like, man, especially people who are lucky enough to be in a crowd of like 400 people in a venue that small. I just, I don't know. Not a fan of the talk from start to finish during a concert. So I'm um, by you. I think the other big part of concert etiquette is, I guess, uh, like Summerfest specifically is where you would see it a lot. Alpine as well, depending on where you are. But when you leave the general admission area and you leave the spot that you have and you see these people next to you have left and they try to get back in. Yeah. Are you the person that's, yeah, I remember them and I let them in or yeah. like, sorry, man, I'm taking your spot. There's a, there's an ebb and flow. Uh, there were a couple individuals in front of us who got there. We were like front of the line because we got to Pine Creek and the line is going down. It's a county highway in Paradise Valley. And we had a friend who was at like the front. And I didn't really want to lead this on to my buddy, Danny. And my, my buddy who I was visiting out there is a huge deadhead, bigger than me. But I don't know that he has a connection with Bob like I have with John. I'm like, this is my chance to probably get this close to yeah. my favorite act. And I'm like, I want to jump on this so all day. I'm stressing like, oh, man, I hope like I just I get stressed about these things. Like I didn't want to end up in the back behind a garbage can. So we get there and I'm like, hey, Danny, I'm running in front of the stage and I'm setting up shop there and I'm not moving for the next three and a half hours. Right. Like I'll give you cash, get me beer or whatever, but I'm going to go hold down our spot. And the guys who were right there before us, more classic deadheads, long hair, like kind of been around the circuit, you tell, laid a blanket down. And I'm like, and as the crowd kind of got a little tighter, people were kind of giving these people the business. Like, you can't lay an effing blanket down. Like, and they were kind of being mean about it, but I kind of agreed. Like, I don't know that you can block For a off small venue, you can't take a, yeah. Yeah, especially that close to the stage. So, yeah, I don't know. That, I just, some thoughts on uh, crowd etiquette jam band etiquette something else i wanted to talk to you about along the lines well of i was dead. the yes. only other thing i was going to add when you talked about the anxiety that you had leading up to that mm -hmm. and knowing that's where you wanted to be so um the last time i saw because in the dead and pearl jam is the other one that i that was like the band of my childhood yeah um so that's really the other pretty high ranking one group for me and the last time i saw them was the last show that they played at the bradley center and I ended up somehow we bought just average tickets. And when we got to our seats, it was all roped off. And like, how how am I supposed to get to my seat? And the usher was like, oh, yeah, you guys have been moved down there. So we were they do this occasionally. We were one of the sections that the band says, no, you're moved right next to the stage. So I was in the front row oh. right next to the stage and got to see everything going on with and we were on the side so you could see them coming out of the you know out from underneath and walking up onto the stage we saw when robin zander and a few other guests were there and like getting ready to be the surprise appearance to come up on stage you got to see the guitar text changing everything out and what they do 
Um, and that was a show too, where they sang happy birthday to Tom Petty. And they did that like right in front of me. And the moment of anxiety that I had was so Eddie Vedder will occasionally for people seated near the stage, he'll, he'll drink wine on stage and he'll walk around with the wine bottle and just top people off. Yeah. So he leaves and starts making the rounds and I see him walking right at me and it's like, Oh man, Eddie Vedder. And then it sinks in. Like, what do I do? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do cause you can't reach out cause he's holding a wine bottle and he's pouring wine. So he's not high-fiving you. Yeah. But then it was immediately, do I take my empty beer cup and take wine that he's about to pour for everyone? Yes, you do. Or, or do I take my phone and document him walking past? Cause I can only do one Ooh. with, I can't, manage getting like all right now it's uh no i'm out of time i opted for the wine and it's one thing that part of me regrets having that really like here's eddie vetter up close and personal or even like recording it happening but i get to tell people i drank wine with eddie vetter that's pretty damn cool that's tough i'm normally anti-videos at concerts but what i realized at this last one we were so close it was worthwhile to take a 15 second video because I could go back and watch, and you're like, oh, they're right there. And you can hear everything perfectly. So I have at least a clip of almost all of these songs. And it felt like the set list was just so bitching that, like, they finished El Paso, and they played Cassidy. And they played Birdsong. And they're just not songs that you'd expect. You're expecting Riffle and Dire Wolf. And I would have loved a Dire Wolf. We're both Dire Wolf guys. But, like, Birdsong. And I just kept, like, I got to get a clip of this. I got I to gotta at least save 10 seconds of this, you know? So I'm... I'm not anti-video in the right setting, but when you're in the back row, it's like, just use your eyeballs and soak it in because that video is going to suck. But the memory, you know, might not suck. Drinking wine with Eddie Vedder. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's Eddie Vedder. So it, I'm yeah. not a wine aficionado by any means, but I can tell when it's like, this is Trader Joe's wine. It was definitely not that. <laughs> it was better. It was better than that. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference either. We're talking with Justin Garcia. Um, we're just talking about some music stuff. Let's talk about the future of uh, the dead. And by this, we mean dead and company. You seem to think they might be done. I don't disagree with you. Explain why. And then I have a theory or an idea on what John should do next with the dead. And I think you'll like that idea. But I want your take first. Well, I no longer think that um, after they announced the plane in the sand return that I it's like, well, if they're doing that, I guess they're back and maybe maybe a smaller tour but uh if they're gonna do the mexico shows they're not just folding up after that i don't see their last shows together being at a resort in mexico so that to me kind of came out of nowhere because i was pretty certain they were done based off everything you were kind of hearing and that was kind of the feel of the vibes especially with the recaps of the shows and how detailed they would get where it very was very Aaron like, Rodgers like soaking yeah, it all and in. like here we played oh. for X amount of time and here's when set one started and everything they were doing to document it was like this kind of feels like it's it. Um so for them to announce they're doing the Mexico shows again and how quickly they announced that after the end of the tour as well really surprised me. The same um co-worker of mine that was talking with me about the shows that you saw was the one who pointed it out where yeah. he was like yeah trying to talk my girlfriend into going to plane in the sand I'm like what are you talking about it's like oh didn't you see they announced it today so knowing that i don't think they're done but um i mean look it's maybe two more summers at the most you would have to say is is what this current group has in them 
And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what's next, because I was one of the people that I, um, I didn't hate John Mayer, but you kind of raised an eyebrow when you saw the plan of like, not even that it's John Mayer, but just like, what are we doing here? If, you know, like if Phil doesn't want to be a part of this, like just stop. Like there's no reason to keep doing it. And then when you heard too of, I think it was Bob talking about, we kind of view it as a franchise and basically saying like, look, the dead will live on after us. So let's bring in other people who can keep this thing going. You're like, no, nah, that's that's not for me. But uh, I've done a 180 on that where it's, yeah, let's let's try that. And especially if it means you play these songs at a faster tempo, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So I think your mistake was being alive and cognizant in the early 2000s. So I was born in 98 and I didn't experience Room for Squares as it happened. Well, hang on. First of all, I was uh, I don't know if I should date myself this much, but I was uh in lacrosse in the early 2000s so i was not very cognizant but i was alive i was very much alive it's amazing to me how many people experienced room for squares and heavier things i guess to a lesser degree with which was like daughters room for squares for me and when i was first turned off by john mayer was um my roommate in lacrosse in our first apartments shouts to the uh, oakland street apartments i don't know if those are still around yeah um but uh, my roommate, who I don't dislike by any means, he's the the friend I've had the longest in my life and known him since we're, we're kids. He loved that album and just played it to death. Well, so I really heard good, so. start to finish every friggin' day over and over. That's what I would hear coming out of his room. If we would go anywhere, like drive to Woodman's and make the pilgrimage into Onalaska. It's a long drive. It's, yeah, not close. it's underrated. Yeah, it's sleep, you <laughs> yes. don't sleep on it. That's what he always had playing. So then I was just like, enough of this friggin' guy. So first of all, small side note, there's a Chipotle and a Chick-fil-A. I saw that, yeah. I love Chipotle. I won't do it. It's too far. There's, that I live I live two blocks from a Qdoba. Won't do it because I don't no. like Qdoba. I won't, yeah, dri- I won't drive there. It's too far. It's too far. I, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, this has just become the, here's what my experience in the cross show, but Perfect. I worked at the Best Buy in the cross yeah. while I was still working in radio because radio does not pay. And I was like really, really stretching college thin where it was like, oh, I'm not ready to graduate. So I was on year five. Good for you. And it was my parents like, we're done helping you and we're done helping even more because of your $47 radio checks. So I worked at that Best Buy uh, like right around Christmas time as seasonal help. That was the worst part of the job was not even having to cashier when you're hungover and work in retail and deal with angry customers. It was making the friggin' drive from Oakland Street down 16 into Onalaska. It's 12 minutes, 15 minutes with no traffic, but it feels like an hour. Uh, yeah. Speaking of distances in lacrosse, and then we'll get back to what we were talking about. Our friend Bart Winkler, who's on my show, it was like two years ago. And I made a promo out of this comment, because, and I still play it because it's hilarious. Um, we got talking about Viterbo, and he said he dated a girl from Viterbo once, and it didn't work out. And his reasoning was, and I'm sure this is exactly what happened, he wouldn't lie about this, is that the extra couple of blocks on the walk of shame <laughs> is just too far. You coming all the way back from Market Street? It's just, it's too far. Um, I highly doubt that's why that relationship ended, but uh, a funny detail. I, you know, what's funny about that is um, I believe it because I, when I got that Best Buy job, I had to take a drug test, and it was um, 
my, where they had me go was on the Viterbo campus. And it was like, I've, I've, I feel like I'm in a different country right yep. now. I have never seen any of this. I'm envious of your college experience being uh, John Mayer. It's surprising to me how many people heard Room for Squares and Heavier Things and then were just out. And it's like, that's it. And that was the end of our experience with John. And there's obviously a lot more. I think if Denko keeps going, that's cool. I also want to apologize for a comment that I made because I, I texted you after seeing Dead & Co. this summer and we were like, yeah, it might be done. And we were talking about it. And I said, yeah, Bob's really not good anymore. Like, his singing is good, but the playing kind of sucks. And I, I'm not that snobby. Like, you'll go to a Dead show or a John show and somewhere around you will be a white guy who looks like a douche like me and is like <laughs> trying to explain something about the guitar playing or the setup. And those people are the worst. I'm not that guy. But like, I watch enough of these shows on YouTube too where it's like, man, Bob's playing is just not, I take it back. Seeing him at Pine Creek and it was just the two of them, just two guitars, it was it was unreal. Just all of the details in Brown Eyed Women and Terrapin Station and all these liners, it was... So he still has it, even though, weirdly, I don't know if it was the way he sounded, the way they set him up. It, it didn't always sound like it with Dead & Co. this summer, but then again, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm listening to, even though sometimes I'd like to think so. My, um, my only it's not even regret, but like small gripe and man, it would be nice if is I just wish they would give more songs to John that there's more that when you even like listen to the song and think about it, you're like, why isn't this a John song? And there's some that, that it's like, Bob didn't even sing this before. This was a Jerry song. Why is this not John? Um, but look, I also get it of like, Hey man, I started this freaking thing. Yes. I'm one of those. So if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. John's voice is also unique. The songs that John does, he, he fucking kills. Like yeah. it's, and it's, and I know, cause I play a lot of these songs I play guitar and I like, he hammers songs that are in E really well. A lot of his best known songs are in E so sugary he murdered that was the song i was dying to see when we saw them at wrigley and they closed the first set with it and it was unbelievable he kills brown-eyed women which is in the same key like the songs that john does he does a really good job so maybe he's just picky and choosy he has a little bit uh, of a unique range and his range sucks his range is not large and he has said that his voice is nice but it's he doesn't have a lot of notes to to go yeah. on he has um, a specific niche of this is a, a type of, and brown eyed women is probably the best oh. that just overall the guitar playing. And when he sings it, it sounds it's the best package deal. The other one, which they haven't, they don't play it all that often. I feel like they played this a lot um, in the early inception of dead and co, but it's kind of tailed off standing on the moon when John taking that mm -hmm. it's, Fucking incredible. I'm trying to think of what else he sang when we saw him. Runs together a little bit. I Bob sang New Speedway. I think he sang The Wheel. He sang Scarlet Begonias. God, John. I, John did things with a guitar over Scarlet Begonias. I'm still like, I'm still going back and watching that. It was, yeah, it was, it was great. I agree with you. I like John singing because Bob, Bob is great too, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's old man singing. I don't know. The other one, and I think I've mentioned it uh, here before, because there's only two shows I ever talk about the dead on, and this is one of the two. But the other one that just drives me crazy that it seems like it's made the switch to where Bob takes the lyrics and they they split it, but it's mostly Bob is um, Mississippi Half Step Uptown Tootaloo. Mm -hmm. Early on, 
John used to take the lyrics on that and it sounded great. Like he just sings that song really well. I don't think you'd find anybody that tells you that's their favorite dead song, but he just does it really well. And the more that I've heard it and when you see the set list and they denote who took the song, the more it's been a Bob song. And it's just that also kind of determines the and again i'm not disparaging bob but that also like determines the pace of the song depending on who takes the lyrics i so that song just to take a detour i i'm indifferent on that song until i remember the part where it kind of like there's a little bit of a breakdown part way through and it's i cross the re and i'm yeah. like oh yeah that's this song so that song takes a little bit of a second light so i just i'll blame my cards on the table like i love john i the more he sings the happier i am i wish he would sing fire on the mountain oteal sang it and he was fine if you go see back when John put out Born and Raised and like there's a couple of songs like this is what John will do. John will find a song. He's like, I really love this song from the 70s. I'm going to write my version of that. Yeah. Right. So if you listen to the song Queen of California, which is probably my favorite song, there's hints of Fire on the Mountain in there. There's hints of Scarlet Begonias. There's hints of Blues Runs the Game. So he would play it a lot like in conjunction with Queen of California. And if you go back and watch John doing Fire on the Mountain, it's one of the greatest things ever. And I wish you would sing that. That's just one example. So we could talk about who sings what. I think I I have an idea of what John should do with the dead next if Dead and Company is done. This is what this is what I would do. John does this thing where like he respects the history of the path that previous artists took. So like he's he formed a blues trio after heavier things because he's like, yeah. I love Stevie, I love Jimmy. That's more what I want to do. So I'm going to do what they did. Something that, and maybe it's just because I saw them do acoustic stuff at Pine Creek, and I'm like, this is awesome. And his apparent love for Bruce Springsteen and Tunnel of Love, whenever I listen to Sob Rock. Rock, yep. Or, or like, uh, what's the Clapton album? Not The Pretender. Um, oh. Um, the one with the big coat. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, you can just tell, like, oh, he's really into this when he made this album. Neil Young, like, the beginning of If I Ever Get Around to Living is basically Old Man. What the Dead did, and if he really is serious about sticking with the dead. And I hope that he does. Cause I think it's just brought out another side of his music that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And some really good guitar playing and different things. What the dead did in the early eighties is they started playing these shows where Bill and Mickey would be on bongos and they would play acoustic shows. And I'm trying to figure out like, how would that take this step? Cause I wouldn't be shocked if John's like, I want to scale down the tours. I want to play smaller venues and I want to do something more low key while also paying homage to kind of the path the dead took when they flipped from, well, it was when they changed over to Brent when they like at the end yeah. of the seventies into the eighties, I think it'd be really cool. I don't know what it would look like, what kind of band he would put together if any other members would be a part of that. But I think that would be a really cool step if you wanted also, to keep it going. Did, um, I mean, you could really, I, I don't think the, the one area where Bart and I are really aligned, I don't think you were there is our love for the sweet science that is professional wrestling. But I mean, they could really make this like the NWO where I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't think so. If, um, if the God shows had a child, but uh, if it turns out they do, and maybe they don't even, cause that's another professional wrestling thing. As you say, this is the offspring when it's really not, it's yeah. like just somebody else bring in somebody that is a God show and that's the newest member of dead and company. And you just tout of like, look, here's another tie to the old days. Yeah. Well, it's what the Eagles did with Deacon Fry, like back in the day. 
Oh boy. Uh, do you have an yeah. opinion on that? Really quickly, 30 seconds. There's something uh, I, there. Give it to Yeah, me. it's it's not for me. Uh, you don't like the Eagles? No, I do. Oh. I saw them right before on the, the last tour when they were all together. I saw them with my parents. Um, because my dad used to listen to the Eagles quite a bit. So I do like the Eagles, but when it was Glenn Fry's son and Vince Gill too, right? Yeah, I, I saw him at yeah. I saw him at Target Field. Jimmy Buffett opened for him. One of the greatest <laughs> shows this planet has ever seen. I saw him at Summerfest, I think it was 2018 or 2019, something like that, um, on that tour before, well, it had to have been earlier than that. Regardless, I saw them before Glenn Fry died when it was the last tour they all did together. And it was, it was, it was really good, actually. But when I saw this is the direction they're going, like, nah, I saw him. I, I don't need to see the, the other versions of it. Glenn Fry was just awesome. I love Glenn Fry. If they would get I used a to be a big, cool. I used to love Don Henley. And the older I've gotten and the more you <laughs> listen to Don Henley talk about himself, you're like, oh, yeah. He's now, just, this is why my dad liked Glenn Fry. Never mind. I just, just wasn't old enough to realize. He's angry all the time. One small thing about Henley and the Eagles is we saw him at Target Field. We had the Jordan Love seats. We were it, our, My back was to the fence of the top level of Target. We could not have been farther away and still have been in the stadium, which is fine. It was cool to be there. I actually got the tickets for free. I was in a high school band. One of the band members was a year younger. He graduated. The parents got all of us tickets as a graduation present to him, which a, and a present to everyone else, I guess. That's the friend to have. Yeah. I know. And uh, and anyways, we're watching, and they're like, please don't record with phones. Like, yeah. please don't take videos. And I'm like, dude, but which is whatever. I don't need to take videos. The problem is they never turned on the Jumbotrons for fear that people would take video of what was on the Jumbotrons. But also, like, look, you're the Eagles. I mean, when Jack Black does it, when, when comedy acts do or Jack Black, Jack White does yeah. it and comedy acts do it, I get it. You're the Eagles. Yes. <laughs> like nobody is out there trying to like unreleased Eagles footage yes. and oh look, here's what they're trying. Also, how much money do you need? Like you are you're near the end. Like, can you at least let especially your young fans who are getting a chance to see you? Like, I don't know. That just it was so we couldn't see shit because we were super far away and we're like, I guess they're down there. I can see Joe Walsh's long hair, but that was about it. I but yes, to bring this full circle, I don't know what it would look like. I don't know what band he would put together. I think it would be cool if he went in an acoustic direction for a couple of years and it would mean less gear going on the road. It would just be less of a production. And I think John at this age is probably, that's probably appealing to him. Uh, and by the way, it's either today or yesterday, whenever it is uh, the day that we're recording this. Happy birthday to Oteil, who you mentioned. I think yeah. it was today or yesterday. So I'm a big Oteil fan. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about him until... Um, until seeing him with Denko and it's the same thing. We're like, man, like it. Cause at first you're bummed and it's still, still a bummer that, that Phil isn't a part of it, but they yeah. had their last, you know, shows together. Uh, but man, he, he more than picks up the slack. Yeah. And I love Jeff and some of the things that Jeff and uh, John did, especially on this last tour and some of the things that they started to like create and get into some of the jam songs, especially like the Slipknot we saw and like just, more of the like exploration type stuff. It was it was really nuts. Or like a playing in the band. Like I saw, and I swear John had been probably listening to seventy two stuff because it was that kind of back when Jerry was like really snappy and he could just play notes nonstop for like three or four minutes straight, and it was cool to hear John and Jeff kind of tap into that. I have I have one more take, and it's a John take, and I don't know if you'll find this repulsive or if you'll like like this, and you're like this is good. I we should buy stock in this and and keep going. Okay. 
I'm at the point where I feel like John should not be considered an original member, but he should be like very close. Like I think of Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth as almost like equals in the stock of a fan base to a band. Like I think what John has done since being in Dead & Co, I think he's taken songs and added things to them. I think he's welcomed in a whole new generation of fans to songs that hadn't been played for a long, long time. I just think he deserves a lot more credit in his contribution to Grateful Dead music and culture than like a hired gun who was brought in to play some shows. I I agree with the overall point and with the last line especially. And it's you know it's crazy too when you think about um, the fan base and the amount of like young fans that you see at shows and like everywhere where you, you turn and you hear and find out that like, like, Oh yeah, I like the grateful dead too. I'm like, huh, I didn't, okay. Interesting. Um, and the most interesting part to me is how they've just become a franchise where it's like Marvel and everything else that they are literally everywhere. When you talk about merchandising yeah. partnerships that they've done with apparel companies and everywhere you go, like I have an igloo cooler, that's a dead inspired one. It's literally everywhere. Um, and I mean, part of that is obviously the long tenure that they've had as a group, but I think John is a big part of it too, that a lot of younger fans that maybe hated it at first and questioned why is this happening? You at least got younger people talking about them like, Oh, that's the group that John Mayer's in now. Yeah. Uh, so I think he has done a big part of keeping their name out there and just, um, like expanding their reach because they're always going to tour and they're always going to have the same group of fans that were showing up. But I mean, even before you go back to the late eighties and nineties and after Jerry died, like it was really starting to run out and um, him joining it, I think was uh, like the shot in the arm that kind of reached more than just people that were there for I remember, you know, the dead from the 70s and their memories there that were maybe lapsed dead fans that they just reached an entire different segment of fans that probably wouldn't have given them a chance before. So I don't know where that ranks him or where that puts him. I don't know. I think of like Ario Speedwagon. Like- Ario Speedwagon's another band. They had Gary Richrath forever and now they have Dave Amato and he's been there so long and he's put his own touch on so many of these songs. And I know that's a weird example. I saw them a couple of years ago and Like, that's just an example that came to mind. I just think his guitar playing is slightly different from Jerry. And I think on this tour especially, you start, like, he started to take liberties and and play songs. Maybe he's like, Jerry played it this way. If I would have been Jerry back in the day, I would have done this. While still very reverent to the group that he's in, like, I think very much making it his own as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have done heroin is what he would have. Uh, yeah. But no, it's it's like um, it's like not to take a shot. Maybe it is at uh, our beloved brewers here, but nice. he's not going to have his number retired. But I don't know where it even ranks with their walk of honor and wall of fame. He's going to have one of those two. However, the attendance for the dead is increasing and not decreasing. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm going to the brewer game on Sunday. I got tickets <laughs> back in May. So um <laughs> Yeah, uh, not great. Before we're done, that's, I think that's just about everything I wanted to hit. Do you happen to have an album recommendation? If you want to think about it, I will give you oh. one. I have wow. been, my buddy got me listening to 60s Dead. Okay. <laughs> and you just have to listen to it really loud. And so old St. Stephen's, 
uh, the 11, just like really raucous, rowdy stuff. Um, So that's what I've been into. I'm listening to the show right now, 222.69. It opens with Dupree's Diamond Blues. I had no clue that that was an OG song. What a song. Uh, I love that song. And I feel like for the longest time, I feel like I'm the only one that actually likes that. Um, So I kind of tapped well like not tapped out for good but i i felt like man i've only been listening to the dead on my way to work and like usually my dead consumption goes up like tenfold over the summer because it just seems like it's the perfect summer band to listen to with the windows down and when you're at a campfire yep but i have been listening to um again the problem that i have uh, not anything new but I've been listening to the dead obviously and a lot more fish and goose recently. So my recommendations would be some of the goose live shows and uh, especially the one uh, I've been listening to on repeat from uh, they played it, the new Hampshire show from 2020 that you can find on iTunes and Spotify that I've listened to several times a week for the last like three or four weeks now. At least it's not pigeons playing ping pong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I just... The memes taking a dump on pigeons playing ping pong from the fish and goose and dead community. They always make me laugh. Let's put it that way. I thought you were going to recommend the Oakland show somehow. You normally find a way to work that in. Yeah, I think I've done that enough. Um, And it exists in several forms, too. So I guess I could just say, like, well, you could listen to this and just name the same (laughs) show. Yeah. Basically three different times. I think they have it with the road trips, with Dick's Picks. And I mean, if you just go to to archive.org, it's on there too. Yeah. Relisten.net is one of my favorite yeah. ones. Good app, solid app. Uh, Justin, I appreciate this. I feel like we, we made a lot of headway and uh, got this brain trust together. We've made some good points. I appreciate you. Yeah. Anytime I get to talk about Highway 16 and <laughs> Oakland Street and Lacrosse Street and everything that's developed over in that area, it's always a good time. You going to come visit soon? You got to get back to Lacrosse. Um, so I did start putting together a spreadsheet of when the Bucks have an extended amount of time off where I could feasibly go somewhere. And uh, right now I've just been cross-checking it with the St. Louis Blues schedule to oh, see when God. can I get down to St. Louis to see a game, especially now that I have a place to stay with our pal Matt Pauly on the Cardinals radio network. Um, but there's not a whole lot that overlaps, so it may have to be – a trip half as long and just go to lacrosse instead. Well, and I will let you know when I'm in your fair city, always, uh, we could always meet at Thurman's to yeah. do some headbanging to any one of your great local bands. Yeah. I have not been to Thurman. Did you go there the time I recommended? Yeah. And we loved it. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been there in years. They closed obviously during the pandemic and then there was fear they were gone for good. But I went there the last time I was there was probably 2018. So I definitely got to get back there. We saw a cool band. One of the guys knew a musician from lacrosse. We were smoking outside, and, like, I don't remember. I said, hey, you playing bass up there or whatever? He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I'm from lacrosse. Oh, you know this guy. So, I got, you know, I'm making inroads in your city uh, big time. But, yeah, we'll have to meet for a beer or something. I like that place. Yeah. I want to go back. Thank you, Justin. Anytime.